0: Welcome to Feedback, Adam Art Gallery's new podcast series accompanying the exhibition Image Processors Artists in the Medium, a short history, 1968 to 2020. Curated by Adam Art Gallery director Christina Barton, Image Processors surveys a history of artists moving image works that take the mass media as their target. It features works by Aldo Tambellini, Richard Serra, Dara Birnbaum, Martha Rossler with Paper Tiger TV, Harun Farocki, Lisa Rehana, Megan Dunn, Ryan Tricartan and Lizzie Fitch, Wynne Greenwood and Kate Hardy, Josephine Meksepper, Mike Haynes, Arthur Jaffer and Matthew Griffin. These artists appropriate found footage, restage familiar genres or scrutinise the mechanisms of the information and entertainment industries. They are both avid consumers, and sceptical critics of the mediascape that consumes us on a daily basis. For our second episode, the Douse Art Museum Senior Curator Chelsea Nichols talks to Australian artist Matthew Griffin.
1: Chelsea, how are you? Hey, Matthew! We probably sh- shouldn't go any longer because I think... Uh...
2: This is probably what, not what you say on the podcast, but I really have to pee, so <laughs> I think that...
1: Yes, to a degree, yes. I think, well, it's not, I think that's part of the issue with all social media is that you see it in a lot, say, um, young fitness model kind of guys and girls that you can clearly trace. the. If you go through back through someone's account, you see the bit where they realise, oh, wow, if I, you know, nobody's interested in my pictures of eggs, but as soon as I'm in a bikini or I'm flexing my abs in the gym, everything goes up. And that that must be quite seductive, you know, Um, but I think that this in this um, the new post pandemic world, that's been a sweet move for middle aged dudes to go, hang on, I can get a little bit of this traction for just throwing out, you know, peppering my poetry feeds with a, a few conspiracy theories as well. So it's all about getting them likes, I guess
2: all them likes so I'm interested in how your art practice sits on that divide as well you know I'm thinking about looking at your work within the gallery setting versus look, watching it on Instagram
1: that is sort of central to first of all I, I make a lot of different things as well and so I'm, I don't know how many I, I know I sent you through some videos so I don't know whether you saw any of that yeah. um but uh but before that I would make a lot of different things as well so I've always been interested in in how to work outside the gallery setting and just where art takes like how art can actually function in the world and what is a what is art like where does something um shift from just being a thing that somebody does and and becomes a piece of art and and i guess i've always felt that that's a decision uh that society makes outside of the artists in a way so uh and that there's a strange a lot of the times now, even through teaching art, uh, you, you get this sense that just because it's in the gallery, it becomes art rather than it's in the gallery because it is art, like we've decided that. Um, and so, and so for example, in the past I, used, I did projects where I would uh, sell things on eBay or did newsletters where I'd do these interviews, like um, write these prank letters back and forth between institutions or various things, and then... Um, and and then find a, a platform, like an audience. I guess my idea, the thing that I'm interested in is, is how you might find an audience and 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 um you know work through an idea with them. So in that respect, the work, the stuff that was on Instagram, um, I'd always made like forever. I'd make lots and lots of Photoshop, like weird memey things or just funny pictures and just send them to friends on on emails and and that sort of thing and so then when and I was never when Facebook started I was not interested in that I've never had a an actual social media account where it's like hey here's me and my dad at the football <laughs> or something I, I, I can't understand what the logic of that is i I understand why it's i understand when people have it for their family or whatever but this I, I don't get how it works to to like I know I have about 10 friends. Like in the world that so you go, on oh, the people that I send stuff through. And outside of that, I don't understand why anyone would be interested in in the small um, parts of my life. So but what I always did understand was people like sort of funny things or weird. The sort of thing because I make a lot of things. Um I understood that oh, you could just, yeah, there'll be some interest in this this type of thing. So when Instagram came, I just put up my stupid I, I had blogs and that sort of stuff in the past, but then you know, you could just throw the same things that I was putting into emails to to friends, you could put it on the the Instagram. So I um I started doing that. And then I didn't really have any I I didn't think of it as being some art project. It was just another part of the things that I did. But I guess as as Instagram um particularly gained more traction, uh, in the world because this is what's crazy now is that all the institutions want to be involved with these platforms. I don't quite get that. I had a gallery recently asked me to start managing their TikTok profile and you think, I'm a middle-aged man. what? Why would I be on TikTok? You know, this is crazy. Anyway, um, but so, yeah, long story short, and I have made it a long story, but I guess... I was I'm interested in the social media thing just because of the reach of it that you go oh you know I you put some of the videos that are in that the the work um the Unchained Melody in this show some of those were stolen by other Instagram accounts when I first put them up and had millions of views you know on various so that you go wow that's pretty wild because you know I've done a bunch of shows and I know that when I do a when I do a show in a gallery here, maybe 100 people come and see it over the course of three weeks. So it is, there's something in, in that that just what the audience reaches, but also it's pretty, you're then in a different, it's, you know, you're amongst somebody doing bodybuilding and someone's eggs and breakfast or whatever. Like it's this other crazy world where it just, there's not much interactional thought about what's going on there. And I guess a lot of those the videos um, that I put on Instagram that then go into that show, they're meant to be, um, when they exist on Instagram, it's as I understand that they're going to get read as this meme type of um, very quick and um, fast fashion type vibe video. And hopefully um, it transcends that a little bit through the experience of, the, of how they work in the gallery. And that's got to do a lot with the way in which you you view it on that giant screen i don't think the giant screen was there there when you went to go and see it because it's they've now installed the proper like giant billboard type screen
2: yeah andy just sent me through some pictures it looks amazing
1: yeah and, and that change that like that's the only thing that's interesting for me because every time what so this came a few years ago um like two or three years ago uh Lots of people had asked me to do shows where I was like, "Hey!" And institutions would go, "I'll do the voice." It's not—that's not fair for the institutions to do a voice. Where they go, "Hey!" Yeah, uh. <laughs> is kind of how—that's how I read the emails. They go, "Like, we want to do a show, and we're going to put 20 TVs around and play Instagram videos." And I, and I always felt like I, I would say no because like they already—what's the point? They work on the on the platform. Anyone can see them there. I, I make other works which are maybe more. Um, considered for a space like that but I'm not in, like why do you want to just take this thing off the Instagram and then put it in the gallery that seems totally not that interesting to me so but then Ryan from Fine Art Sydney here this is a commercial space wanted to do a show with me and and the show that I wanted to I said the same thing to him I, I, I don't I think kind of art galleries I don't understand why you'd want this in the space but if you were to do it this is this is the way that I think it would function which was we just took all of I, I deleted all the videos from Instagram and put them all on a single a single phone and so it was about the interaction where he of the person in the gallery with the gallerists he he held he, the gallery was empty he just had to get the phone in the office and it was more about the way in which two people might navigate this experience of watching videos on a phone and for me that's the sort of interesting part of this as an artwork rather than the singular videos I think they're Lots of those are reasonably um, throwaway, you know. Not yeah, throwaway, to, but well, but, you together know what as
2: I mean. a as a collective, they felt a lot bleaker than they did sort of watching them one on one.
1: Yes, yeah, I, I think uh, that's part of just the social media as well. You know that in amongst all all the the sort of gloss and and sort of vapidness of of social media. I think you can lose some of the bleakness of those things. You know, it's just the bombardment of of images on on the internet is so, um, it's too much to to get past the gloss of it as well. You yeah, know, so. I'm
2: someone who quite enjoys getting weird on Instagram, but somehow watching your work just made me really aware of sort of this thunderstorm of garbage that I'd been
1: yeah. showering in recently. Well, well, what's what's strange with that as well in terms of the, how the social media stuff works is a while ago I'd been trying to do this project for another work where um, I'd i got in contact in Brazil and I remembered it from when I was in Brazil, there was this movement where, not movement, but there was guys that would, they were bodybuilders, but they would inject themselves with this oil. It's called synthol. And and so they end up, it, it makes fake muscles but not not um, like steroid muscles, but big they look like the Michelin Man or something. It's a weird, strange, um, yeah. they not. They don't look like real muscles. It looks like a cartoon version of a person. Um, and so, it's, I guess it's sort of a body dysmorphia thing. But it also, and I think that's interesting because it fits in then with you know. Um, the way in which the beauty industry works and all of that stuff It's kind of this strange thing where it's okay to get collagen injections in your lips, but these weird guys with their big art I, I thought it was quite interesting as this strange um, take on masculinity or something on the body and, you know, being sort of making yourself uh, who you, who you want to be. That's not the way to put it, but you know what I mean? Like, a, just a, it seemed to be a, a particular thing. I got in contact with a few of these guys on on Instagram because um, I wanted this this guy in Brazil particularly to be in a video for me. Um, and anyway, that didn't happen. But because I, start, I don't follow many people on on Instagram because I don't really I, I don't enjoy looking at other people, so I, I enjoy just like looking around. But I don't want to see what some guy went to schools, you know, new lawnmower looks like or whatever anyway but because of that it it tweaked out my algorithm quite a lot and so then I get a bunch of that of these guys and then in amongst that I got a lot of I guess um, people with uh like um parents would make accounts I guess for kids with disabilities or or like with One arm, or some sort of weird disease, and not can't say I'm not saying weird disease, but you know, like some sort of um deformity, or I don't even know what words I'm allowed to use anymore with this stuff, but you know what I mean.
2: Extraordinary bodies, yeah, extraordinary
1: bodies, extraordinary bodies. But what is what was um strange in that is that how the algorithm, I guess, works is that when i first you, you're clicking on you're not sure in that little square what you're looking on so these things are coming out and then it just more and more you know my 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 um feed went from arts like sort of friends art stuff and new new um new or order to quite this extreme of of kind of crazy body stuff at first i was thinking why are the this is crazy that parents are making these accounts for for these kids, and then but it was all about normalising fantastic bodies or whatever you said. I think a, a better way to describe it. But what was crazy in that is just how yeah how quickly that stuff shifts yeah. that you then realise oh you're just getting shown exactly the sort of things that you're interested in, and you think it's this big version of the internet or the world, but it's it's so minuscule and so small.
2: And the algorithm takes you to such crazy places as well.
1: Yeah, but it doesn't, what's strange is that if you feel like that, but it's, it's such a weird scratch, like you've really got to go deep. Like it's crazy how many people send me the same thing over and over, right? And you go like, okay, it's like this is crazy. Now my brother-in-law is sending me this thing, which is three years, you know, like why, what do you think? What do you think with this thing? You know, very rarely do people send you some crazy thing that you haven't already seen. Because that's why with YouTube and things like that, and I know that you like to deep dive in the in all the internet, so you probably are getting crazy things, crazier things than my brother-in-law. But on the YouTube and all those things, if you if you are searching something and you you set it to, I always set it to just the latest thing. As well, so that you see what some guy who's talking about this like. You really do get someone that's only had three views on their weird thing that they're, you know, they're fixing a pipe out the backyard or something. That stuff is genuinely strange and and weird. The rest of it's pretty. It's quite quite um, bland these days. A lot of it I find.
2: So, in the way that you tend to engage with the content you find online, do you really kind of surf the algorithm? You just sort of let it take you where it's going to take you, or do you go hunting for particular kinds of things?
1: Uh, I get hunting for particular kinds of things, uh, things that I come across just in. I guess because I've got a lot of varied, varied interests anyway. If you just if you if you go if you don't just go to the front page and look at stuff, and also you look at various different. Um, countries versions of things because that's the thing that i realized when i was in brazil when you're searching for stuff in brazil in portuguese it's a completely different thing obviously than what you get here and so that you can you know oftentimes you put stuff you go through google translate as well like i translate the things that i'm interested in this isn't necessarily for the stuff in 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 the show um but just generally like if, if you're trying to get a little bit deeper on stuff or, or just get a fresh a, a different take on stuff that's how i would that's how i look for things but mind you I, I mean I'm not I don't know how interested like I'm way I've become more interested in just um I'm trying to get off the internet it's bought it's it's annoying me these days you know it's depressing it's depressing all of it don't you think or not
2: yeah I think so too and I think actually standing in that show um and looking at your work in kind of this short history of artists engaging with that kind of medium, it really, really struck me sort of how, how bleak it all felt. Yeah. It really did. I just think that was pretty, pretty funny. And yeah. I, I just, I'm really interested in the way that you use humour. It feels kind of like a vaccination against the disease of existential dread you get from doom scrolling.
1: Yeah. I, well, yes, I guess. The one thing I think I have going for me, in the art stuff now is, as I said, I think I sent you through the email, I, I'm i kind of, I acknowledge that I'm da- sort of dumb in a way, you know what I mean? Like I'm not, I, I find art that's now about, you know, that's over, and I don't mean this as in like, let me choose my words here. I just feel like all, like there's a this pressure now with a lot of art stuff, the art world to be particularly um like an academic about a variety of stuff. And I I think that's understand, like, you know what I know about three-point perspective. I can talk about three points. I can show you how to do that. Like there's some practical things that I can show that I do know, but you go like, you know, do I, I don't know that much about politics. Like the videos that I've made in that show, they're not, I don't see them as political videos so much as about how the media manipulates um, politics and and. How images are put together in a, in a way that how, how to construct those things and curate that that's what I sort of know about and so I, I think yeah I think a lot of art that I'm interested in or not in the past that I've been interested in is funny in a way not funny like hey I'm a comedian funny because that's that's terrible as well I hate I hate comedy like I hate guys that are people that are into comedy you know like stand up I find stand up the dumbest thing in the world so I hate all of that but I think the world's kind of pretty funny and weird so i think that's what comes across in in that um particularly as people are overly serious now like people that's what i mean as, again with this podcast thing the, the amount of people that i know that want to start podcasts and you think dude what are you like who wants to listen to you like why would anybody want to listen to you i find that crazy and i find all arts pretty crazy like that where you go like do you really think anyone cares about I understand that people are not that interested in in art. That's great. I'm not that, you know. I think there should be less art. You know, I think it should be small. I don't. I don't think that, um, you know, it, it's everybody's duty to to pretend that they they enjoy art. I think they do on some level, but I don't know. I, I think there's a lot of self importance around that as well.
2: Do you think it's a thing, kind of like? performing, intellectualism, just kind yes. of the way that we're all performing on social media, you know, with yeah. the guys injecting their muscles. It's a similar kind of thing.
1: I think it's total performance now, which is, this is the strange thing as well, is that, like, this is, I like talk and I'll talk about anything. I'm happy to, I don't care really about, I don't find this particularly um, you know, stressful or anything. Partly because I don't really believe anyone will listen to this. But <laughs> but, but also, you know, you're, you seem nice and so we can just chat about stuff. But I feel, you know, like when you watch artists' talks, it's it's insane. It's insane what people say now. You know, this, this um, stress to try. Like, again, when I said I'm a bit dumb it's true like I get that I get I also I also go I'm a genius in in some other way like I I understand when I'm at the pub and I'm chatting about stuff it's reasonably entertaining but you know it's not I know that nobody wants to sit down and hear my big big breakthroughs on how the world works I'm the last person you should be asking about that I got no (laughs) idea you know it's crazy Uh,
2: Matthew how does the world work
1: well, let me get, no, it's, you know, <laughs> you know it's, it's the sort of TED, t- it's the TED talk thing as well, you know, where earnestness. the earnestness way of talking. So what I did was I, you know, it's crazy. I always think about this. I taught at art school for a long time and there's a funny, we used to do these, uh, you did you go to arts? You went to did you do a practical arts school? I thing? did, yeah. Yeah. So we used to have these things where you have group tutorials where, you know, this and it was a very studio based art school, the Victorian College of the Arts. And so the students would, and I remember this as a student and also as a teacher, but as a student, you make your stuff in the studio, you know, for a few weeks. And then every couple of months or so, you three or four people come into the room and you spend a whole morning talking about everybody's Uh, work and what they've been doing and I remember in first year you you are thinking oh I'm I'm really smart like my thing's really great and everyone else is terrible like they're just dumb and this is these are dumb ideas that they have and then in second year you go actually my ideas are great and some of the other people's things they're pretty good like I see what they're kind of doing now and then by third year you you realize if you've got it. like well at least I did I was like we are all dumb this is like this is we're, we're insane this is insane what we're doing here and that's the one thing I think you can take from art school like when people like say to me oh, should I go to art school I go no do not go like there's no reason to go to art school but that is the one thing you can't replace the thing where you realize oh, oh I'm I an idiot I'm, and yeah.
2: everyone <laughs> yeah
1: yeah. <laughs> like, I, I sound just as insane as this, you know, this mature age student who's making portraits of their mum out of spaghetti. You know, like, <laughs> that's me. It's great. Like, that's the good thing about art school. It's great. It is. <laughs> but,
2: so, growing up, Matthew, were you like in the art scene? Like, did, was no. this taken to galleries? What were you into as a kid?
1: Uh, I grew up on a farm, and my both my parents left school very early. Um, so, my Dad, you know, was a shearer and stuff like that. So I was not... My, both my parents left school. I think Dad left when he was in year eight or something, year nine, you know. So my... Uh, and I guess what I'm saying is that I grew up in a, country, a small town in regional Victoria's and grew up kind of on a farm, had no access to any art stuff, Nobody, even in that town. It's not like art uh, was a weird thing. I was thinking about this the other day, actually. And I'm, I'm not sure how old you are. I assume you're younger than me, so maybe this doesn't apply. But I remember when I first got a camera because I went to TAFE. In this TAFE is like a technical school thing. I, w- I wanted to be a graphic designer, and I got a a film camera. And I remembered how weird people used to when you would carry that around on this in this my little country town. It was like, who is that? What is this idiot? Like you were like an alien, you know, because you had a camera. It's so strange now. That. You know, my mum now knows what the best angle to take a picture on her phone is. It's just it's so, people are so much uh, more engaged with image taking now because it was seemed like crazy back then. But anyway, long story short, um, now I was interested in in football and sports and um, hunting, like I used to go shooting and, you know, do it. Make things in the shed, like I don't know. It was it was kind of a weird, lonely, sort of strange childhood in a way. I was thinking about this with my sister because we we didn't have a lot of stuff either. And this sounds like one of those you know weird things. We go back when I was a kid. We used to have to walk backwards to school. I don't mean like that. I just mean that we didn't. We sort of made your own fun a little bit more, I guess, and did dumb things. You know. Anyway, but then I got into music. Was my my. I think what got me interested in art because I, you know, got interested in heavy metal and and rap music and things like that. And then I was interested in the the graphics and the things that went along with those that and this idea of a of a different world and a different place because it was pretty wild for me as a kid. I often think about this when you know growing up in a small a reasonably small town and and not really being exposed to a lot and then hearing NWA or something like that, some rap music and then Thinking about different places and whoa, wait on. There's this that that's what broadened my perspective. And then through punk rock and stuff like that, I guess becoming a little bit interested in politics and zine culture and things like that. That's that's what led me into oh maybe I we I started recording music with my friends and then you start trying to put it out. So you're making t-shirts and that was my progression into into art. I guess that I wanted to do graphic design, but I was terrible at it and. But it was pre-computer as well. Like you used to have to do all the graphic design with gouache, and this, you know, it was all hand done painting. And I was, it was quite, it was crazy technical. I couldn't do any of it. And then got this idea. Yeah, I'll do art. I'll do painting. And then I, um, then I went to art school from there. And then <laughs> the rest <Yeah>. is history. <laughs> Look at me now! <laughs> Look at <you> now! <laughs> yeah, it's funny. Yeah, but I know. So I don't. I, it's weird. I often, you know, what's funny? I was telling, I was telling my wife about this recently. I loved football. I was quite small. As like, I was a late develop. I'm I'm pretty tall now, but I grew about a foot. I went to school early. They put me in. You know, there's a cutoff date when you go. You can go like when you're four or five or six. I guess you can start school. And I went in, uh, like, right, I was born in 1st of June, so I guess the, the the date was such that, anyway, whatever. I went to school when I was young so that, you know, when I graduated I was still 17, most of my mates were 18, that sort of thing. But then I grew about a foot in the year, like, when I was 17, I went from being the shortest kid at school, like grew up. You know, it's weird because I often think like if they just had to put me in a year later, it meant that when I was playing all sports and stuff, I was like a little like runt, like I was terrible at it because it's getting beaten up by these grown men. But I often think, like, well, if they just had to put me in a year later, I probably just would have played football for the local team. I would have been better because I was not very good at football, mainly I want to say because I was small, it's mainly because I was scared of. I just don't like physical interaction like that, but and I just had no skills. But you know what I mean. I, then I think I was going. Well, if they had just changed that, I probably would have gone played local football. You know, worked with my dad in his farming business. Being Bendigo, the town that I grew up in, still. Wow, crazy, right? Yeah, I don't know why I got it. It's crazy. I, I just cannot believe that I ended up doing art stuff. It's weird.
2: You end up in the contemporary art world
1: of I all know. things. It's crazy.
2: What do you make of that though? Well, I and mean, what does your family make of it back in Bendigo?
1: I think you know my it's funny as well in this that my sister had some, you know, like dramas when she was a little bit older than me and she was a real she was quite a gifted student and then had a slight hiccup during the end of year, uh, you know, the final tests and stuff at high school and getting into college was You know, a problem because she didn't get the marks to be a doctor and all this stuff, and she was, you know, it was a big drama in our little family. Since then, just an update for everyone: she's doing very well. Is very, you know, she went on and has been great since then. But at that point, I think because of that, then when I had to go through to pick my um, my wanted to go to art school, my parents were like, well, yeah, just do whatever. They didn't want me to do it, but then they were like, yeah, just do whatever you want. But what's funny, I was thinking about this the other day, because my dad was a a shearer when he was younger, which always quite fascinated me, Um, and he used to shear sheep, his sheep, you know, um, just for his own thing every year. But uh, I had this idea when I was at art school. I was like, and I was, you know, like, it was a bit of a mind melt for him because I was kind of religious as well and then I'd wear, I was into punk rock, so I'd pierce my ear and then I'd wear, you know, army pants and be all like a bad boy, but I was really not a bad boy at all. Um, but then when I went to art school, one Christmas I came home and I asked my dad, I, was, I said, oh, dad, um, I want to do this, this artwork where I will, <laughs> this is crazy, where I'll dress up. As a sheep, and have you shear <laughs> me? <laughs> <laughs> and my dad was like, "Oh, yeah!" I, and like, obviously, now that I look back, it's insane. Imagine having your son come earnestly and ask you to do that. But I got all upset because he wasn't—he didn't—because he didn't immediately jump, going, Yeah, that's a great idea. Yeah, I'll help you. He did say, "Well, yeah, well, okay, yeah, sure, I'll help you." But I, you know, so that's my interaction with my my parents. I think they like it now. Um, I don't think they really care anymore, but but I think, I mean, they probably, I think part of the thing is that there's been a shift in culture as in more people are a bit interested in art now than what they were 20 years ago. You know what I mean? Like, so that then when it meant a different thing to the, when my mum would talk to the kid working on the cash register <clears throat> at the supermarket that her son's an artist, that meant something completely different 20 years ago. That meant I was kind of on the dole and on drugs probably. And now it means like, whoa, you know, I guess, I don't know, it's just somewhere in the culture in a different way.
2: I was really struck in looking at the show at the Adam Art Gallery at Image Processors, um, the way the curator, Tina Barton, had taken your work and sort of, written backwards this history of uh, video and media art, you know, this trajectory from Richard Serra to Arthur Jaffa and, you know, Martha Rosler and Dara Birnbaum, and here you are at the centre of that.
1: Yes. That's how I always expected it. That's <laughs> <laughs> every show. <laughs> every time I work with a curator, that's how I think they're going to frame frame my work. And so this was... Uh, like what a treat when that <laughs> actually happens <laughs> well yes I mean um yeah that's quite that is um flattering in a in a way in where you go like wow that's kind of you you obviously don't expect that so it, it, you don't think of the work like that as well in a way I mean I I I do think of the trajectory of of uh video art and media art but you don't really think of the, the things that I, like, bumble around. It, it's crazy to go, in a way, where you go, all of those videos there happened during the lockdown where I just, you know, bang them out on the computer as as a way to kind of keep track of what was going on. You don't really see, you don't think that down the track, oh, it's going to be in this, you know, art gallery. You don't think that it's going to be in a, like, a an actual institution and you certainly don't think, whoa, here's going to be this tying together of a bunch of, of, um, you know, probably more significant artworks. Uh, but I'll take that. Why not? It was great, huh?
2: I mean, the show is really, really strong. It's a really good and your work does feel like it centres it. And I thought I think- you were going to
1: say your work is the strongest. That would have been great. I'm going
2: to play it a little cool, Matthew. No,
1: no but this was, I, I was going through the thing, of oh, how do I be humble with that? And, goes, <laughs> and I'll go, yeah, okay,
0: thanks. Yeah. <laughs> yeah.
2: <laughs> but it really, right. it really kind of struck me with your work being kind of front and center in that show. That the curator Tina, who is herself, you know, kind of a an intimidatingly smart intellectual type, has then become the algorithm in this space.
1: Ah, yeah that that is that's a good that's a good uh, nickname for her <laughs> the algorithm.
2: I'll, I'll go see if I can get to catch yeah. on in yeah. Wellington. Well, oh, I, here comes the algorithm. Yeah,
1: here comes the algorithm. A t-shirt. This would be good <laughs> to where's a t-shirt during thing. I mean, I, I think um that's a that's a yeah, that is a great uh way to look at it, isn't it? I guess that's the in a way, that's what the curator kind of is. Uh the institutional algorithm right there. Uh, I I do, I mean, I think, and I haven't seen the show. I've obviously seen um I'm familiar with a lot of the works and I've seen them before, but I've not seen it in Altogether like this, but I do. I mean, I think like what I was saying before with the my mum taking photos on the phone and and whatnot. I think people are way more uh, fluent in the language of of uh, media and and moving image now than what they have ever been. And so I think it's probably a good. I think the setup of obviously my work plays on a certain type of um, visual language that everybody's pretty, like a lot of people are fluent with because of the uh, Instagram and, and whatnot, and so I think that that's, that's a really smart way to, to get people invested in, in some of the works which are maybe a, a little less entertaining and maybe a little bit more um, uh, critical or thoughtful about uh, uh, media in general. You know, it's the spoonful of sugar to get them in. <laughs>
2: Yeah, the Spoonful of Sugar.
1: That's what I want my T-shirt to say. That's my nickname. <laughs>
2: we'll call you the Spoonful. We'll call yeah. the Tina the Algorithm. And
1: we'll get a, one T-shirt's made up and then we'll get a photo of <laughs> us together.
2: Uh, back to back with your That's good,
1: yeah. The Spoonful and the Algorithm. That's good. I like I think,
2: I think that you've just named my next show. I was really curious about the name of your work, Unchained Malady, mm. only because I have a very particular association with that title, which is ridiculous. It's, and I wanted to know before.
1: I know your 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 well, I'm hoping that your um your association with it is that scene in ghosts.
2: I, I wish it was.
1: That's what that I was would, hoping you would. That
2: would be like the sexy pottery yes. scene in Ghost would be much yeah. cooler. But instead of the Righteous Brothers, there yeah. was an episode of home improvement that I loved yeah. in the 90s called yeah. Unchanged Malady. And Great. Tim the Toolman Taylor got one of those letters that if you don't forward it on to 20 people, you get bad luck. And then all sorts of maladies happened. But it made me laugh out loud when I saw the title of that, of your work, because I was like, oh, that is internet culture before the internet.
1: Yeah. Yeah, Very good. Look, my, this is what's, what um, I don't like about the internet in a way these days. Well, I'm not, not what I don't like, but it's, grieves me somewhat is that i used to particularly like doing puns and making jokes and da da da. da. but as soon as you do anything now someone goes just like types it in i said i said you know like you go oh we'll always have parrots or something right instead of parrots <laughs> and then someone goes like types it in and there's already somebody's made some meme of that thing you know like nobody just goes oh that's kind of funny or whatever anymore there's always in the whole like when you when you dredge that um when you pull the nets in there's always something in that big ocean of the internet so Unchained malady was uh, i'd oh it was just from one of the videos that in the the um the show is it's i believe it's i can't even remember what it is but it might be it's someone playing it might be Fauci or whatever playing no, no, it's Trump playing a slide guitar version of Unchained Melody, which I think is a really beautiful song. And at the time, I went, "Oh, just call it Unchained Melody," you know, like uh, uh, that's funny. And I thought, I've done it again. I'm, look, that's my big brain. What a great—that's great as a title for that thing. And then First so year went,
2: art school. I'm a genius. Yeah, I'm a genius.
1: You know, oh, that's great. And um, and then I think when it when it came to then the title of the show. It's yeah, it's it's I guess partly um, all those works came together because they were this way of tracking this lockdown really, or this the spewing out of information, this thing going out of control, which was really obvious right from the start that they were underplaying it for me. In that I'd been teaching at university, and that that gig didn't come through because I guess a lot of the Chinese students uh, will. All student, international students weren't coming back, and so it was clear right at the start. Well, this is a bigger deal than what is getting put out, and so yeah, this idea of the unchained malady, like like this out of control, it's kind of poetic. Gets people in; people love that. Oh, again, poetry. Poetry. It's the two things coming back together. Yeah, but I was aware. I wasn't aware it was. Um, um it was home improvement. I did. Then when I was looking up something, when I was looking it up, I guess Googling just the show or whatever, something came up and I, I saw that some episode of something was named. There had some other reference in it and I was thinking, oh, well, that's just life, isn't it? I mean, look. It's, big, it's a genius title. I and, only
2: know it because I had a slight Jonathan Taylor Thomas obsession through the night. Wow, well,
1: and look, you, you what good. Good company as well. Tim <laughs> Tim the Toolman Taylor. I mean, <laughs> look at that.
2: I told you, I was gonna bring all the intellectual references here. Yeah, good. Yeah. See Tina looks at your work and she sees, you know, Arthur Jaffa and Richard Sarah. I see it and I see Tim the Toolman Taylor. <laughs> What I really think is is quite brilliant about your work Matthew is that it really gives that sense of that mechanism of how it all becomes a sort of spectacle you know Mm. that all the political leaders are just sort of cowboy monkeys riding on dogs and I think that it's bleak and it's grim but it's only by dismantling those things are we're going to kind of make any progress in that.
1: So what you're saying is that I am making a difference. That's what I want.
2: I, you are making a difference.
1: <laughs> well, thank you very much. Yeah. Well, thank you. I mean, I'm, that's, I'm, look, I'm flattered. I'm flattered that you think that. <laughs> How do you feel about the future of art?
2: How do I feel about the future of art? Yeah. Like you. It's a very big, it's a very big question. Yeah, well, I think I generally feel relatively optimistic because I see so many things in this world becoming, I suppose, automated and sort of, uh, I don't want to say victimized by the algorithm, but and I think people's creativity, people's weirdness, the thing that kind of artists bring is the one thing that's very hard to tamp down. It's sort of like mold. It will find a way of growing anyway and growing in a direction that you can't contain it so I'm not so caught up with the idea of art as it is like it has to live in an art gallery or it has to look a particular way or it has to be sort of paintings of horses Mm. but so I'm feeling relatively optimistic because I'm I think it's impossible to dampen human's weirdness even in the face of (laughs) grave fear of the world
1: yeah I think that's I mean that's the that's the takeaway that art is like mold (laughs) (laughs) great okay well lovely to chat to you thank hey, you for great your time to, chat
2: to you thank you so much i really really enjoyed your work but i also really enjoyed just talking to you matthew
1: great well you know we'll see you again once this blows up once this gets to the top of the spotify list or whatever top it is of the
2: spotify list this and they beg be the us to come back
1: beg us back okay see you chelsea <laughs> see
2: you Thanks so much
0: You can visit image processes at the Adam Art Gallery Pā Takatoi from 14 September to 7 November 2021 or at www.adamartgallery.org.nz